Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, we're talking current Montreal Canadiens draft needs, a Mike Matheson season review, and potentially the biggest rookie surprise in Montreal this season, all inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 837 of Locked on Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast. Now, where you get your team every single day. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Mallon. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, the draft lottery is Monday at 8 p.m. We are still figuring out if we're doing a full live stream afterwards or during for our reactions to that. We will let you all know on our Twitter account as soon as possible, but we are creeping closer and closer to the Montreal Canadiens mattering in hockey news again now that the season has ended. It's honestly a good time right now. It is quiet in terms of news. The Canadians have been really quiet, which is a bit frustrating for when you have a podcast and you have listeners that are clamoring for the news. But for me, from my perspective, I think turning our attention to the draft is probably one of the most hopeful parts of the season up until right after the draft. And depending on how well they draft, like this is when the hope starts. Yeah, it's this is. We don't know where the Canadians are picking. We know where they have the best odds of picking are in that top five spot there. And it opens up a world of opportunities. We're obviously hoping they land first overall and they get Connor Bedard and everything is so much better and everyone is so much happier. But the fact of the matter is they sit with the fifth best odds, depending on however you want to look at that, for drafting Connor Bedard. And what that means is they have a lot of opportunity to do a lot of different things with their draft picks this year. And obviously they have two, one of them dependent on the Florida Panthers, which not looking great after game one against Toronto, but what are you going to do? So I kind of pulled up the Canadians prospect and professional depth chart at Habs eyes on the prize here. And I brought up the elite prospects, top 32 rankings for the NHL draft. And as I look at things at the NHL level, on the left wing, the Canadians have Cole Caulfield, Uri Slavkovsky, Pizzetta, Pitlick, Farrell, and uh, Byron is retiring, more than likely on the right side. Anderson Gallagher, Hoffman, Armia, Gurionov. In the minors, they have Rafael Harvey, Pinardi, Miel Heineman, Joel Tizel, Lucas Candada on the left side, Jesse Alonen, and Anthony Richard on the right side, obviously before going into this offseason. Prospect-wise, on the left side, Cedric Indone, Luke Tuck, Tyce Milanic, Rhett Pitlick, Jack Gorniak on the right side. Joshua Wan, Alexander Gordine. And now you might be asking yourself, Scott, why are you naming all of these wingers? Because one, it is my podcast and I will do as I please. And two, the Canadians need a superstar piece. And as I look at the uh, chart here on Elite Prospects, their top 32 rankings that are free and available on their site there, the name that sticks out to me immediately, and I, there's no guarantee this player will be there, but if he is, it seems like too good to be true. That's Metevi Michkov. And we've talked about this. 
a potential superstar in the making in terms of skill and talent, an extremely exciting offensive player that if you were the Canadians and you go up there fifth overall, let's say someone picked, you know, Will Smith or Oliver Moore, people that we talked about with Tony Ferrari who can play down the middle or play on the wing there at the next level. You take the chance and you go for the winger, correct? I'm on mute. So I'm nodding. So you can only know that I agree with Scott. (laughs) If you're watching on YouTube, you'd think that this is the first podcast we've ever done. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Like that is something that you kind of have to do. I think as well, it's hard to draft for position if you're looking to fill one hole. But if you look at your prospect depth and you're like, eh, we're kind of weak in this one area, or there's not a whole lot in the pipeline in this one area, that's where you want to stock up. I don't think that there's any uh, issue with trying to create a balance with like the number of right wingers you have, the number of left wingers you have, the number of centers or defensemen or whatever that you have. Uh, So I think that would be the first thing that I would think about if I was the Canadians. And I, I'm glad you brought up like drafting for need versus drafting these best possible players because I look at names like Zach Benson, Oliver Moore, Ryan Leonard has risen up the charts here as well because of their U18 performance. And I'm wondering if I'm the Canadians that they just take best player available. And that might be Mitchkov at fifth overall. Who knows? It, it would be true. I don't think anyone would debate that. I'm just wondering that if they go and they take the David Reinbacher, that safe pick there, that I look further down the line here and I see a name like Jaden Perron or a Gavin Brindley who fit that need but are more of a risk. The Canadians are in a flexible opportunity or flexible space, again, to make things happen. And this is before they make any more draft day dealings, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois trading Joel Edmondson. Who knows? There's a lot of opportunity. I just look at this depth chart and I go, there's probably help on defense needed, which would explain them going for a David Reinbacher. A guy like Dalbor Dvorsky fits what they've drafted in the past, maybe a bit too safe. And I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at this and be upset. Dvorsky is not a bad pick. He's the safe pick, which I get people maybe don't want. And I can also see them skimping on defense right now. Because I look at their NHL group right here. Matheson, Gooley, Harris, Edmondson, Jackeye, Baron, Kovacevic. And then you have in the AHL, Struble, Trudeau, Norlinder, uh, Fairbrother, Bodan. And then you have Mayu, Lane Hudson, Adam Engstrom. Uh, Miguel Torini is playing for this team, er, playing for the Rocket next year. There isn't as much of an imminent push there, but it's such a fascinating spot. Because if I look at this right now, I look at this draft list. I've made it pretty clear Will Smith is my top pick at five overall there. Oliver Moore, Ryan Leonard would not be upsetting either. They're definitely there. Uh, Zach Benson, and you can listen to our episode with Tony Ferrari to talk all about this, but if they go safe, a Reinbacher, Dvorsky, swing on that next pick. You have the opportunity to make something special happen with that. And then if you can hit the for the fences and you know draft for a position need, by all means, you're kind of just hitting everything out of the park in one go here. That's all we've got for draft talk today, which now that we've finished talking about it, the Canadians will make a seven-team trade in the interim before we finish this episode, which, whatever, wouldn't be the first time. It is player review day, however. We have two, well, one big name, one surprising name. We're going to talk about Mike Matheson's season coming up next. 
But first, if you're looking for a delicious snack where you don't want all those sugar and calories, you're going to need the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built Bar, and you have got to try this. You're trying to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to sacrifice all that incredible flavor. Built Bar has everything you're looking for with only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein in incredible flavors covered in 100% real dark chocolate. They are everything you are looking for with flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. Something for everyone. You can go into your local Walmart, buy a four-pack today, or if you still have a Sam's Club nearby, go in, pick up a 13-pack there as well, or go to Built.com, and you can build your own box, have it shipped directly to your door. Like I said, Built Bar has something for everybody. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I can tell you I've had so many in my lifetime here now that I swear by this. It's great in the morning on the run to work, great after a workout, great when you're just walking the dog or doing chores on the weekend. Built Bar is something for everybody else. So go to your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Built.com and try them out today. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. It is still player review season. That is S-Z-N season, not spelled out because we are, in fact, a millennial podcast. Um, don't ask me how my back is feeling today. That's not important. We're going to jump right into player reviews again, just because still quiet Canadians off season, which tells me we're building towards hopefully everything, but we always try and cover some, you know, lesser known faces some bigger faces and rotate through. So we're not just doing one thing. And today, Laura and I agreed on one thing. We have not talked enough about one Mike Matheson who might be one of the most fun defensemen the Canadians have had in recent memory. I'm not saying he's P.K. Subban, but damn be sure he's pretty exciting to watch when he's out there and he's healthy. I have really loved the Mike Matheson in Montreal experiment. It's working out for me so far. It's been enjoyable to watch because he's an extremely competent defenseman. He has a lot of skills. Uh, he does have a reputation for being a bit inconsistent, which is fair. He obviously had injury issues this year, but who didn't? You and I had injury issues this year. In fact, I'm battling through one right now. Um, but I really liked what he brought. It felt like when he was on the ice that there was some air of possibility. Um, it felt like there was a little bit of steadiness on the ice as well. Like, like I said, he's extremely competent. Um, so while we were extremely excited about Caden Gooley, I think with Mike Matheson, it was more like we were, uh, like we were pleased, right? It wasn't as, as exciting as Caden Gooley, but it was fun to see somebody who knew what they were doing out on the ice. It was fun to see somebody who helped you know, with zone exits, who helped bring the puck into the into the zone, who kind of helped anchor certain plays. I thought that Mike Matheson in Montreal was a breath of fresh air. And that's the thing is, like, uh, we heard from Penguins fans, oh, you're going to get the full experience. You're going to see him, you know, make really boneheaded plays and decisions with the puck and this and that, and, like, do you not realize that I watched, you know, Jeff Petrie for the last almost eight years? And I say that as someone who loved and appreciated every minute of Jeff Petrie, someone who saw the prime years of PK Subban, who played nothing but high risk event hockey. I live for that because you know why? I meant Mike Matson was trying to make things happen. And when they didn't work, his skating so damn good it didn't matter. I, I am I am blown away across the board at just how good 
his his skating is and how he makes things happen. And he went, he played a preseason game, got hurt, came back too soon, was hurt again. And when he finally allowed to recover, Canadians medical staff, we're gonna we're gonna have a little talk here at some point. He was so good. And we talk about Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and Kirby Doc and all these other players driving offense. That all has to start somewhere. And someone like, like Mike Matheson is a starter on defense. He's that when you hit that ignition switch that he brings everything to life back there on the blue line. And as the season went on, he's just like, ah, I guess I'll do it myself. And just watch him go down the ice, spin around a defender and get the puck to dangerous areas. He's the ideal, and we've talked about this so many times after his good games. He is who I want Arbor Jacki and Jordan Harris and Caden Gooley to learn from. They could skate, they can move the puck, and they can also be defensively responsible. Just because you are aggressive offensively does not mean you lose the other sides of that. And I can't wait to see Mike Matheson on a hopefully functional power play and on a healthy team again. Because I think there's a still another level to unlock. And I want to say, I haven't looked up his numbers here. I apologize. But Mike Matheson had a real good season on a real bad team. He had 34 points in 48 games. The Canadians are not a very good team. And I look at his, that's a career high in points. He had 17 in Florida, 27 in Florida, 27 in Florida, 20 in Florida, 16 in Pittsburgh, 31 in Pittsburgh, 34. He hit a career high in points in 26 less games on a significantly worse Canadians team. That Penguins team he was playing with was Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin last dance, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. What is Mike Matheson going to do on a Canadians team that is going to improve next year and have more talent on that potentially next year? It's, it's hard for me to give Mike Matheson anything but like an A-plus for this season. Positive offensively, positive defensively, positive in the community, which off-ice stuff, you know, doesn't factor into this, but it is important. Dude came here being, you know, Shea New, one of the, you know, I and I'm not even sure if that's the correct way to use that, and thrived in that spotlight. He's and that says a new. lot. There we go. I am I am from Western New York. I only see things on Twitter and try to repeat them on mm-hmm. this Sorry, I'm going to give him an A as well. So I know you gave him an A plus. I'm going to give him more of an A Um, just so that there's a little bit of nuance to what we're saying. (laughs) Like, I think we both love him a lot. Um, And so I I really am excited to see what he does with, you know, fewer injuries and better line mates, Uh, better line mates, better teammates, better pairing mates, better everything. Better anyone who puts on a CH jersey next year. Like he, we've talked about, you know, Doc and all this. Mike Matheson had his best season ever playing injured and on one of the worst teams in the NHL. It makes me giddy to think that there is another level to this. And yeah, he played like 28 minutes a night and, you know, was probably couldn't walk after games, but whatnot. How do you not get excited about the prospect? of a healthy Mike Matheson, a healthy Canadians team next year. Will he probably regress in some areas? Yes, some people will too, but other people are going to pick up the slack and he doesn't have to do it all himself. But I'm excited about year two of Mike Matheson in Montreal here. And honestly, 
if they can find a good pairing that works with him on that top pair, maybe it's Caden Gooley. Who knows? Maybe it's Jordan Harris. Maybe it's someone we don't know yet, but I know they're thinking of it because they know how much this offense runs through him. And speaking of surprises, we knew Mike Matheson was going to be a big part of this team. What we did not count on down the stretch was this was the uh, offensive contributions of one Lavelle Rocket call up. It's time to get down with RHP, and that's all coming up next. We are back here at Locked On Canadians, and tomorrow is actually our mailbag episode. So if you have mailbag questions, please tweet us at LO underscore Canadians, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. If you have a more extended question that you would like to ask us, we do love that. And we're going to end today's show with potentially one of my favorite things, because I get to be smug about how correct I was about this. We're talking one of the AHL call-ups. We'll save Alex Belzeal and Jesse Alonen for another episode here. But today we're going to talk about one Raphael Harvey Pinard, someone who has soared up the rankings of Habs prospect watchers, Habs just general analysis or analysts of things here. Drafted as an overager, you know, played an extra year in the QMJHO with Shikudami. Went to the Rocket on an AHL deal. I had 20 points and 36 games on an AHL deal in that weird COVID bubble Canadian division only team. Got himself a two-year entry-level contract out of it. Scored his first NHL goal last year. Put up 56 points in 69 games. Nice for the Rocket last year. Had 10 points in 15 playoff games for the Rocket. This year, played 40 games for the Rocket. Put up 31 points. Earned himself a call-up where he put up, in 34 games, 14 goals and 6 assists. Rafael Harvey Pinard is hard work personified. This was an overage player. He is on the older side. He's 24 years old. He will be 25 next January. But he took the opportunity he was given here. And he was playing mostly fourth-line minutes, and then he was playing third-line minutes, and then he was playing second-line minutes. And then he was Nick Suzuki's line mate for the rest of the season. It's making it work and giving and scoring 14 goals in that relative, you know, small amount of time there is just so important because he did all the little things right there. And he was such a huge piece for the Rocket that admittedly they missed him on the team and you could tell that. But when he's producing like that at the NHL level, you can't send him down. Just I expected him to be, you know, some odd goals here or there. Didn't expect him to, you know, produce like he did. And he probably won't next season at that same level. But we know he is an NHL player inside and out. And I think this is a huge success story for the Canadians' development staff, their AHL teams, everything. Dating back to Joel Bouchard, who started with him, all the way up to where he's at now. It's hard to not see this as anything but a humongous success for Canadians' development. I just want to say... Scott, you were right, but it kills my soul when you say something like he's an older player and he's not even 25 yet. I'm going to go crumble and die in a corner. Uh, it's, but it reminds me of my favorite tweet where it's like, ah, me at 32, I've got the prime of my life ahead of me. And then you turn on sports like, here he comes at 35, a living legend, a miracle. like A debt. <laughs> he's yes. Um, but... I think the thing with Raphael Harvey Pinar that I want to say is that, you know, you, you just said that he was hard work personified. He works smart. And that's the thing. He doesn't expend his energy for nothing. He 
knows his limitations, he knows his skill, and he's able to work hard in order to maximize the things that he's good at and cover over and like camouflage the things that he's not that good at. And so he ends up looking like a bona fide Nick Suzuki linemate for part of the season. I mean, in, on a good team, that's not what you're looking for, obviously. But I, I knew he was good. I knew he was going to be exciting. I knew we were going to be really, really um, big fans of him in Montreal. All because I listened to you, Scott. Um, but I, I was blown away by how, how he outperformed even my expectations. And that's the thing is, is that his entire thing is because he's not a big player. He's never been a big player. He's five foot nine, but he plays like someone. He plays like Brendan Gallagher does without all the penalties. Somehow the, the most penalty minutes he's had in a season was, was 78 in the QMJ. Oh, that, those are points. Hold on. Let me go find penalty minutes here. The most penalty minutes he's ever had in a season is 38 in the QMJHL for a guy who makes his living around the net. That's stunning. And there's more to have here as well. We know control. Yes. It's because I look at like what Martin St. Louis can do with players and what he's gotten out of lesser players. All due respect to Michael Bazzetta and Alex Belzio, who have turned into really fun, inspiring stories. They're at their level. We don't know where that next level is for Rafael Harvard. Is he going to be a 20 goal NHL guy under Martin St. Louis? I think that I that is not an option that's off the table because Rafael Harvey-Pinard didn't just play in the top six because everyone else was injured. He played in the top six because he earned those minutes too. This is not, you know, everyone else is injured, you're playing now. This is a everyone is injured, fill in the lineup. Oh, we can't take you out of the lineup at this point. It's so hard to ignore what he's done and I believe he is up for a contract this offseason. I could be wrong. I will boot up, boot up cap friendly here in the background. But it's just so hard to not love what we see here. And let me take a look here. Rafael Harvey Pinard is an RFA with arbitration rights this offseason. I would not be surprised if the Canadians give him a nice multi-year extension out of this. You have an NHL player there. It is one less roster spot you need to worry about next year. And it, it should provide a lot of hope for Canadians fans who watch Xavier Simino and are going to watch Emil Heineman. are going to watch some of these other young guys go through the rocket. Raphael Harvey Pinard might not have had the same high round pedigree that Emil Heineman or other players had. Jake Evans did the same thing too. Seventh round pick NHL regular. Now I got to give him at least an a minus on this season here. I mean, smaller sample, but what he did there. And what he was doing in the AHL before that, he's he's a key piece in the future here. He's not untradeable before we get ahead of that, but he is someone that you should be penciling into the middle six next season in Montreal. I also gave him an A. Like, it's he's truly such a fun player. And him catching one of the hats for his hat trick game was absolutely hilarious. He's going to be a big hit next year. I think he's going to get... He's going to, he already got everyone's attention this last season. It's going to get even more next season. That is going to wrap up this episode of Lockdown Canadians. However, remember, tweet us your grades for both Mike Batson, Rafael Harvey Pinard at LO underscore Canadians. Tweet us your mailbag questions. Send them to us at lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. 
drop them in the YouTube comments. Just put some kind of thing that says this is a mailbag question. We will make sure we can get to comb through those and have those for tomorrow's show. We will let you know what we are doing for the draft lottery. You will have an episode that Monday that we record on Sunday. Don't worry about that. But we may have a live show for you during the draft lottery. If we can figure out the scheduling and everything for that, we promise. Outside of that, follow Laura at the active stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. Um, Laura, any parting thoughts? Are we all good to go? Thanks so much for listening and send us your mailbag questions. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Later, everybody. See you tomorrow.